when he's like, hey, I woke up, I'll come. Uh, and I was like, oh. I said, well, I'm going to I'm gonna head to the church. It'd probably be better for me to get there early for youth group. Yeah. So. Well, I was looking. So a lot of times with a forehand, you want to kind of, you try to come through this way so that your hand mm-hmm. is kind of flat. Mm-hmm. This guy was talking about stacking your fingers. And in, and using your your hand this way, keeping your wrist perpendicular to the disc, that helps you get more more stability as well as more snap. As opposed to keeping it flat, keeping your hand flat and level with the disc coming through like this. Oh, I, but yeah, and see, that's that's what makes me even more mad is because I don't do that. I do. The, I yeah. I I I wish I had a disc. But anyway, yeah. So, and I use a lot of wrist. I just, I don't think it's connecting. I don't think my throw with my wrist is connecting when I do it. So, probably mental as well, huh? Yeah, probably. No, it's I just am bad. I'm just bad. Also, did not realize we were live, so that's cool. This is peaceful. Welcome this is peaceful. to Behind the Beards. An interactive podcast journey. <laughs> well, we will take you from loving us to hating us in one single episode. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm in a... Join Josh Fowler, the preaching minister at Baton Rouge. Aaron Partlow, the youth minister at the Pine Tree Church of Christ. As they explore deep and intriguing topics... And Such all the things you need to know. <laughs> Little ASMR. Uh... Dude, you gotta like not do that ever, <laughs> ever again. Oh my goodness! What are your uh, <clears throat> What are your driving pet peeves? Frisbee golf or in my car? Oh, oh. Vehicular driving. Ooh, um, number one, super bright headlights from the people coming <laughs> on the other Sorry. way. Those crazy LEDs. Number one, the pet peeve. I hate that. It's like, thanks for blinding me. I will now crash my car. Yeah. I'm I glad that you can now see me crash into you. <laughs> LEDs and a lift kit on my Jeep, so they're bright and they're high, so that's... <laughs> um, my number one pet peeve is um, somebody that doesn't keep a consistent speed on the highway. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta pass when they speed up, you get in front of you and slow down. Or that car that you pass like 14 times on a, on a road trip. Keep your speed consistent. 
That is annoying. Um, ooh. <clears throat> cars that look like police cars, but aren't. The old white charger. <laughs> That's right. It's not that I'm speeding. Dude, I got one speeding ticket, and I have repented my ways, and I never speed anymore because that is expensive. Uh, but it still makes, like, my heart jump. <laughs> cars that look like police cars. Um, slow drivers in the in the in the left lane. Man, Josh is a speeder. This is too <laughs> too inconsistent. And the slow drivers in the left lane. Oh, I beat that. I beat that. Semi trucks in the left lane ever. Man, ever. Semis need to have their own roadway system. They need to have a law that says you may never be in the left lane, ever. No reason for you to ever be over there. I don't care. So, this is on topic. We're out of time. I'm going to ask you, when do you merge? Right lane closed, one mile ahead. When do you merge? Last second possible. i got to get in front of everybody. No, I'm just kidding. I merge. As soon as there's an opening, I merge. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's late or if it's early. Usually it's in front of a semi because they're awesome truck drivers and I love them. And they, they let like everybody in. They have all the grace and mercy. I love it. There's a good sermon there. but You think they do that on purpose? <laughs> um, I think it's because they're in low gear and they don't want to shift up. So they're just going to yeah. go the same speed. Um, the only proper way to merge is the zipper merge at mm -hmm. the point of merging. It's the only proper way. Yeah. If you're getting over early, up. if you're getting over early, all you're doing is creating more traffic in the left lane. So you should use both lanes until the merge point and then zip in and go. Everybody's life would be easier. It's true. Um, so I, I do. I stay there. I stay there. And it's not about getting in front of everybody. It's just about. Got to be the, the change in the world you want to see. That's right. Be the change. <laughs> Last thing, I love my wife to death, but anytime she grabs that handle, or anytime, uh, anytime I'm gonna pull out and she goes, "Woo!" <laughs> and like, even though the car's like miles away, and it's like, "Come on, don't stop! They're stopping! They're stopping! <laughs> don't do that! Don't do that! Yeah, red lights! Red lights! Yes, yeah. I know. I'm driving. You just woke up." Heather always puts a hand on the door panel. One on the door panel, one on the glove box. She's like, ooh. It's so funny. Oof. It is. Oof. Um, I don't know. It's crazy stuff. Heather is one of those that as soon as she sees right lane closed ahead, she's over. Hmm. And she'll just wait. Like, ooh. Till we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair We're anticipating Yeah, everyone's waiting for beer Well, Heather just sent me a text message and she said, uh -oh. See, it's not just me. <laughs> so uh -oh. um, Lauren has given her some hope in the world. Wow, um, that's good. Well, hey, Lauren is, is, my, is my traveling princess, that's for sure. Oh, she's the pastor princess? Oh, always. Oh, always. Well, guys, this is Behind the Beards. Man, we're glad you're here. And we're glad you have decided to join us as we take a look behind the scenes and try to reveal the things that you need to know 
about what goes on in the hearts and minds of your ministry leaders. Um, in case this is your first time here, I am Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Aaron Partlow is a youth minister in Longview, Texas. Um, we're here to answer all the questions that you've ever had about the people that lead your churches. Yeah, maybe not, but hey, it sounded good. We'll do I'm our looking, best. I'm looking for the plug-in for my computer because it came unplugged, and it is not charging. Um, what's going on, man? What's new in your world? Well, I woke up, and yesterday was cold, and it was beautiful, uh, and it was sunny, and it was nice. Sam came home. He played outside. He's like, it's a beautiful day, Dad. I just got to play outside, which always makes you feel good as a parent when your child chooses to play outside uh, because it's a nice day. Um, We had some good um, stick sword battles. Uh, We defeated the warriors of the trees, um, so they are no longer a problem. Um, But then I woke up today, and now it's cold and overcast, and it's rainy. So um, luckily I have a lot of reading that I need to get done today, so I'm going to be, when we're wrapping up the podcast, I'm going to be moving uh, into the kitchen to my wife's spot. But she always claims, and I'm gonna put my feet up, and I'm gonna crack my book, and I'm gonna start chowing down on some literature. What's the book? It's a good question. That's a good question. I oh, you have the the <laughs> I do. It's in my backpack. I just got it yesterday from our preaching minister Jody Garner, and uh, but I I don't remember the title of it off the top of my head. Oh, I see. Well, very good. It's cool, man. Um, we got. News, I guess we can go ahead and share. It's kind of all official now, but uh, we're gonna be making a move to Longview here in about a month. Hey, kind of exciting. That's exciting. Um, we're uh, we've kind of been in this place of, of transition, but kids are all kind of up that area. Heather's family is that area. Let's not go Christmas here. Um, wrong holiday. You know, Closer to my family and everything, and uh, we're going to be the new family connections minister, right there in your, right there in your uh, hometown, home church. So, we're really excited about that. It's, it's kind of one of those things. It's it's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it really is the epitome of something that's bittersweet because you're leaving mm-hmm. friends and and family and the good work, um, but you also are really looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to work with. Aaron Parlow for the for the first time. Somebody said today, "Oh, you guys are going to work together again." I'm like, "Again? We've again? never worked together. Never." Um, uh, nobody has ever said those words either. So that's pretty cool. You know, no. Excited <laughs> to work with Aaron. <laughs> oh, I am. Good staff there at Pine Tree, and um, they really, really are. I, I was talking with I was talking with you about this today. Like, I really like we had our staff meeting yesterday, and I just like. Man, at the end of it, I was like, man, I really enjoy these people I work with uh, here at this church. Like, they all have a heart for Jesus. They all want to see his kingdom expand. Um, and we all want to, like, do whatever we can to help each other to succeed in our ministries. So we're excited to have Josh come join us at Pine Tree. Yeah. March uh, <clears throat> March 15th is, is my start date there. So that'll be good. It's a good time to start. That's when... Is that when you started? We started our first Sunday was March fourteenth last 
uh, a couple of years ago. That was Lauren's. That's Lauren's birthday. Well, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You never, you'll never forget your start date. At, I at never will. Right? I never will. That was our first. It wasn't our start date. We started the the pay period of March, uh, because but we were in Oregon, and so I was setting up all of our youth groups, Instagrams, oh, yeah. and Facebooks, and <clears throat> yada yada yadas, and and I was doing all like the hardcore office work kind of stuff that I could do remotely. Um, but our first <laughs> official Sunday there was the 14th. I remember I remember it well. Yeah. I probably should have checked with my – made sure Heather knew I was going to actually say that on the air just in case. But yeah, it's out there viewers. now. Our two viewers are really uh... – <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they are tuned in, man. What a um, shocker. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I'll be, the, the like I said, the family connections minister, and one of the mm-hmm. things that really – is is exciting for me is working with a church and a leadership that recognizes um, the need for the kind mm. of resources that our families are, mm. are 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 in need of, and also is willing to you know put some put some financial resources behind that to uh, to really emphasize the importance of our marriages, our families, our kids, as well as the the role that our you know, small groups may play in uh, kind of keeping keeping an eye on the things that are going on in our homes. What are what are uh, two things you're excited for, and two things you're nervous for in the transition? The life, I mean, it's a, it's a complete, it's a it's a big transition from being, you know, the preaching pulpit minister to family connections. Like, those are two very different focal points. Um, we we this is this is like this is this is straight off the cuff. Like, this isn't even on the notes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're in the mountains, um, baby. I am. I'm gonna take advantage uh, of this. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for. I'm excited for the work. I really am. The. I see the the value and the immediate payoff mm. uh, that comes from just having someone look. I mean, you're the people there at Pine Tree are already doing an amazing job. They just need someone to come in and to give some structure and some backing to some of the things that are already in place so that we can go from just having this be a ministry that's in place to a ministry that's actually producing fruit. Mm. Um, Because they're already working, they're already doing some things, and having someone come in to just be that resource that says, let me pour gasoline on this fire so we can really make it move forward. Mm. Um, And so not having to start from the ground up, like we kind of talked about last week, and just being able to come in and use some of the resources that are already in place um, in, an, in an efficient, effective way, it's, it's really exciting. And it's, and it's good, noble work. Um, I'm excited about um, working with a staff. I've never worked with a staff of people. Hmm. Um, the, you know, at, in, in Kansas, we had a preacher, but it was just kind of the preacher and me, and my work was really somewhere else, and we didn't have... Uh, you know, a really close working relationship because our the jobs we were doing were just far apart. Right. Um, right. And so being with a group of people that are, um, you know, together as a staff moving forward and really having that ability to work as a team is uh, that's exciting for me. I'm also nervous about that because yeah. 
I've never had to work with a team before, and I've right. always been able to do whatever I want, right? Um, how I want. So, you know, that makes me a little nervous. I'm not nervous about uh, stepping away from preaching. I'm really not. Um, and I, I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be something that would really be hard for me to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, but seeing how God has worked, um, you know, in our family over the last seven, eight, nine years, and how perfectly it folds into what the elders at Pine Tree have, have asked mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives me a real sense of peace there of knowing. Uh, that is wild. That You've done a lot of yeah. like, it's weird. Like over the last like couple of years, you've done a lot of like um, certificate training and marriage counseling and like a whole bunch of like this kind of stuff where I was like, it felt like it was out of the blue. When you would be like, yeah, yeah man, right. I'm doing this. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> why? That's fun. Um, I and I was like, I was like, why are you, like, why are you building? Like, why? And, and so, like, when this opportunity, uh, uh, it was just, like, really cool um, to be like, oh, you know what? Josh kind of seems to, like, have this this passion or, or has some, some background in this area or and some willingness to, like, want to learn and grow even more in this area uh, and that kind of stuff so that's cool it's not very often that like you get to talk with somebody in in um like in their transition period so i remember it was it was awkward and it was weird for me and we had a lot of good conversations here on the podcast when i was transitioning from topeka to to longview uh, you know, uh, I I fondly remember those episodes going, and he is youth minister in transit, you know, or something like yeah. that. And that was kind of that was interesting, you know. Well, uh, I mean, it so is like a it is like a grieving process. It, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird well, feeling. Church, like I guess this is what I want our audience to understand and know is that some part of you wants to go. Yeah, it's exciting, a new job, a new church, a new location, new people, all this kind of stuff. But but like I don't know, like for me, like ministry, I'm so intertwined with the people, with those teenagers, with their parents, with those elders, with the staff or other people I'm working with, the people of the community. Like it becomes so much of your home mm-hmm. that it that there's like this there's a part of you that's really excited, but there's a part of you that's like really like sad. And it's hard sometimes to like really wrestle uh, with that and the proper response yeah. and the proper emotions, because um, you don't want to burn bridges you leave in, and you know whether that's anger or whether that's like just being rude and being like, "Yo, I'm out," so it don't matter, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, well, and so often our our transitions come because either the minister or the church has decided you're just not really effective anymore. Yeah, and so. Um, it's not a, mm. it's a, it's a difficult transition because of that. And so to begin a place where it's not that way, we're just looking and saying, look, I really think what God called us to do here mm-hmm. has been done. Mm-hmm. And I think he set something else in front of us that he's prepared us for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just time for the next step, both for the church and for us. And I think when you can do that, it, Unfortunately, it's kind of rare because either the minister overstays their welcome right. or the church kind of just decides we don't want to go through that process. Right. So you end up just sticking it out until the bitter end, and it is kind of a bitter end. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be in a place where you can really move forward with some uh, 
really deep and true feelings about the church you're leaving as well as the church you're going to. Well, I don't um, ever think there's like I, I don't ever personally, and we might disagree. I don't know. I don't ever think that every scenario is is super cooker, co- cookie cutter. No, um, we are right. And, and, and things like that. So I think like every scenario is different. And for me personally, I think this is where like we do ourselves injustice in the church a lot of times. Uh, in in like corporate church and like how we work and how we hire ministers, how we let ministers go and all that kind of like good stuff. And, you know, or fire ministers, I'll say it. Um, like we we tend to like try to cookie cutter everything. Um, and I I don't think that's I don't think that's the way that we should approach any minister uh, job or ministry or anything like that is is cookie cutter. We talked about it a ton last week. This is my reference point. We talked about a ton last week that you can't just go to a conference. This church says, hey, we're doing this program, X, Y, Z, and bring that yeah, back right. and be like, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and it's going to be just as successful. No. You know why? <laughs> because your church isn't the same church. You don't have the same people. Right. You're not in the same community. So you've got to translate it into your kind of scenario. And the same way with like our ministers and transitioning and, and different things like that. Like It's not always cookie cutter. Sometimes a minister can stay at a church for 80 plus years. That's a long time. And so that you could tell that was an exaggeration. Uh, and I feel like they can be just as effective, uh, you know, the entire time. Uh, sometimes, honestly, like sometimes a minister can be there five or six years. Uh, and that was the time that they needed to be there. And it was time uh, for them to move on or go somewhere else or, or for a change. And I just don't think it's, for me, I don't always think it's completely cookie cutter. And so we don't need to always be like, oh, well, you know, they were there uh, three to four years. You know, they say a youth minister leaves every three to four years. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not that youth minister. I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that youth minister. I like, don't want to move in three to four years. I don't want to move to three to four years. I hate moving. Uh, I want to be at a place where I can raise my son. Um, not every youth minister wants to grow up and be a preacher. You know, uh, I have no... I have no desire to to be a preacher full time. Uh, please, audience of behind the beards, I enjoy preaching. I think I do a decent job. I don't want to do it every week. Okay, I, it's just not for me. I, I enjoy youth ministry. I I enjoy what youth ministry involves. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a great place for me. I think it's a great place for my personality, um, and I think it's a place where God has called me uh, to do that. So. I, I have no like so when people in church come up to me and be like, "Well, are you, are you ever gonna grow up and be a preacher?" and I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> I've grown up. You know, I know I wear my hat backwards. I'm sorry, but if you had the calyx that I would have, I have, you would also wear a hat and you would also wear it backwards because this strap right here holds down. You can't tell because my hair is really, really long, but um, holds down a dirty calyx right here, uh, which you see on Sundays because <laughs> my hair's like." Wah! People are like, don't you comb that thing? And I'm like, yes, but I was also yeah, licked by a cow. So yeah. That's too funny. Anyway, that, that well, may have been a little bit of a rant, but. Uh, maybe, just a little bit, but that's uh, okay. That's what we're here for, you know. We, rant, yeah, maybe. we rave. We rant and we rave. Um, yeah, but, but it is true. Like, And that's not just about ministers mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to try to approach every situation you know, as if it is a cookie cutter situation. We Absolutely, look at someone yeah. else's family and we say, okay, tell me what you did so I can do that in my family. Well, guess what? Your kids are different than their kids. What? Um, 
yeah. Sam is different than in Dustin or Jody or Dylan. And so you can't say, what did you do? I'm going to put that right in. But you can take right. some of the principles and say, how do I apply some of those principles to my child and his own characteristics, his own um, mm-hmm. charm, you know, his own personality. Um, and it's true with everyday lives as Christians as well. That yeah. It's true. Everyone doesn't have the exact same likes, preferences, choices. And, and like, aren't we glad that mm. we don't? Um, and, I th- and I think sometimes we come into this understanding, um, particularly when it comes to some of the teachings on unity. Mm. And and we ask this question of oh. how do we all be the same? Ooh, that was good. That was good. How can we all this. be the same? Like that, you like that little transition. We are. There? We are getting really um, good at this podcasting thing. Uh, I and I think. Look, I mean, the easiest place to go is like the the black churches and the white churches. Um, you know, someone once said that the church is more segregated on Sunday morning than in any other time in the in the week. Hmm. But the truth is, there are cultural differences in the hmm. way that people do church, and when we think about unity between those two groups, um, I don't know about you, but other people say, well, here's what we do. You compromise some, I'm going to compromise some, and we're going to meet in the middle so that we can be Mm -hmm. the same. That's not unity. Right. You know, that's uniformity. That Mm -hmm. is trying to make everyone the same. And, And I think that is where so much of our difficulty has come in when it comes to striving for unity is mm. we've misunderstood what it means to be united. Um, what does being united mean, you know, for you, when you talk about unity, mm-hmm. what does that mean for you? Uh, for me, it means like, Hey, we have like the same end goal, you know, or um, <clears throat> like from I, when I always think about this context, I always think about like, I always think about like a church staff. Uh, and I guess like I had a good mentor in, and I would talk about him quite a bit and, should probably have him on the podcast at some point, but uh, Terry Kitson is is a was a dear friend of, or is a dear friend to me. Uh, love that man to death, and he um, uh, he like instilled with me like even if we don't see eye to eye, like we're still going to be unified. Like we have to present a unified front. Um, if we make a decision, and even though I voted against it, then the decision still went through. Like we made that decision and I'm going to support that decision because even though I don't support that, like, even though I don't agree with it, like I support those people that are in that room and around that. So for me, like, it's all about like, it's about, it's about going towards this end goal um, and, and being unified uh, like in that kind of a moment. I, I don't know if that made, I don't know if I made complete sense, but I also think of like of a youth group. Like a youth group is so completely different. And you've got kids from all different walks of life, all different home lives that are meeting in a room. And yet when we come to youth group, um, you see some really beautiful things. You see some kids who would probably never interact at school go, hey, come join our small group. You know? Right. Uh, or the kid who would be terrified to talk to these kids at school walks up and says, can I join your group? And like those kids go, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I saw that Sunday night we did, uh, we did like small groups with our youth group and, um, you know, and man, that's the stuff 
that's the stuff that hits me right here, like in youth ministry. That's why I love youth ministry. When I see those teens succeed in making everybody feel comfortable and welcomed in the kingdom of God, um, that's that's what makes me super proud of, of our teenagers and when they do that. And I have to love on them, and I go up and I tell them afterwards, I said, hey, I just want you to know I saw what you did, and I appreciate it. And they're like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I guess you just know that I – and I don't tell them. When they do that, they're like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm not telling you. I just want you to know that I saw it and I appreciate it. And they're like, you know, um, but they're unified. They're unified because their end goal is to is to learn more about Jesus and, and things like that. But they definitely not uniformed, uh, you know. Yeah, so I was um, talking with, uh, he's now one of, our, one of our elders here at Goodwood. Um, we've been friends for a long time he spent 23 years in the prison ministry mm. and now he's come in and he's doing some work with uh, inmates as they get out of the of the prison ministry and get in get out of the prison into regular life that's crazy and so he that's helps cool. him transition um and we were we were talking about you know unity this is probably a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, and it's it like unity means that it doesn't matter how different our upbringing is, how different mm-hmm. our experience is. I mean, he's a he's a black man. He's got almost twenty years on me. Um, he's raised six um, boys, successful, faithful, um, you know, black men in in a culture that is really hard to raise to to raise young black men in that way. And so he's done so much, but his background is so different than mine. His his family, his upbringing, right. his experience, um, and we can look at one another, and we can see all of those differences, and then we can em- we can embrace one another, and we can turn and shoulder to shoulder, we can walk forward on the same path, like you said, seeking the same goal. Right. And it doesn't mean that he has to be like me, and it doesn't mean that I have to be like him. Um. In fact, we can learn from one another as we move forward together. Um, and and I think a lot of times when we think about unity, it means that we have to abandon our differences. Um, you know, when Paul says, be of like mind, that doesn't mean you have to think the same way. It just means you got to be um, on task with one another to be in that moment. So um, I, think, I think that's where we need to get to. And and it's necessary for not just the culture and the community that we're in to be able to see that kind of vision and that kind of movement. Um, but I think it is also crucial for our kids that are growing up in the church to see that, that this is the way the church works. Um, because when the, when the people in the church, those people that have gone on before, are saying one thing and preaching one thing, but acting in their lives in a different way. Oh yeah, you know that becomes a big issue for for our for the next generation that's coming up because Huge. they're going to ask that question. Huge. Right? Huge. They're going to ask that question that says, "Okay, so mom mm. and dad, you say church is really important to us, but every time Johnny has a conflict with church, church takes a back seat, or mm. anytime there is this conflict." You know, it's something's not adding up. So what do I believe? Do I believe action or do I believe what you've said? Yeah. 
that's true in families. It's true in churches. We, we see that, and, and that's what we need to do to continue to teach our younger generation. This is I, how we walk this line, you know. This reminds me of the phrase that Josh and I constantly call each other and talk about it. Talk about um, where where I would we are we're accountability partners. I would say that. Um, sometimes I call Josh. And I'm like, hey, talk me off the ledge here, buddy. Um, <laughs> this is this is what I need you to do. This, I need you to talk me through this. Or hey, I I just need I need to vent to you. Or hey, I need you to be supportive. Um, and I've been honest with him and he's been honest with me. Uh, but sometimes like we'll come and I'll be like, man, I'm wrestling right now because all I've got to do is practice what we preach and teach. And I'm struggling to practice what we preach and teach constantly. Like, and so, uh, with our youth and with our teenagers, it is huge for them to see you practice what you preach and teach. Uh, they are listening to what's being said Sunday morning from the, from the pulpit. They are listening uh, to what's being said in their youth ministry classes uh, or whatever it is. They're, like, they're listening, and they are looking at you to practice what you preach. Um, you ready? Older audience, you're going to be mad at me. On social media, they're watching every phrase, every share, oh, yeah. everything you say, everything you do. Um Every comment that you might make at the Walmart, uh, when you know, uh, you're like, oh man, I gotta always check myself out, you know, and no, there's never any attendant, you know, or uh, I tell my teens this all the time that, uh, like Sunday afternoon when your service is a little bit slow and you're getting kind of frustrated at the waitress after just being like, Praise Jesus, praise God, <laughs> give me mercy and grace. And then you go to a restaurant and you're like, this is un, this is, this is ridiculous. You know, I've waited an hour for my food. And it's like, yeah, but you've had an hour of good conversation with like 12 sodas. So I don't know. You got thankful. your 259 worth or 295 worth. Yeah. Like be thankful, be happy. But like, so people see that people around the world see that and and we have a generation that's coming up. And this is this is the actual point that I was trying to get to. I've just been taking a walkabout to get there. And Phil Brookman brought out like a really good point at Winterfest. And he told us uh, that like our teens, they're going to get to an age very shortly where the world is going to say, pick a side. Mm-hmm. The, the, the world is going to say, pick a side and we're going to make you fight each other. It might be your dad, it might be your grandpa, it might be your grandma, it might be somebody, but you're going to have to pick a side. And, and and that's the way the political world is, right? Like, And everything is so polarized. Everything is so politically, uh, have has strings to it now. And our, so our kids are getting to an age where, you know, where the world is giving them something uh, that they have to pick and choose a side. And, and we pray and we hope that they choose Jesus over any of those sides, right? Um but look at this poll. Look at this poll. Winterfest did a really cool thing this year, and I really loved it. And I took a screenshot of this, and I've reached out to see if I could get the re- the other ones because they did like six polls the weekend. And it wasn't until the second to last that I was like, I just screenshot this because this is really interesting. But look at this poll, and I'll add it to stream here. Uh, he asked this question. He says, what causes you to question your own faith the most? Um, and... and uh, the the number next to it is how many people answered. There was like four thousand people there at Winterfest in Arlington, 
So not everyone voted because not everyone had a phone or a device to, to be able to do that. That's fine. But 322 said, when bad things happen to people I love. Man, that's a common youth minister kind of question. That's basic theology that we talk about that. What happened? Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. uh, 134, when science makes the Bible look stupid. Poorly worded question, in my opinion, and Josh's opinion. We talked about that before the show. Um, not not that huge of a big... Uh, when, when my friends and people I respect become atheists. 74. Um, but look at this. 421, uh, 421 teens said this. Um, and when I asked my teens afterwards as a debrief, a lot of them said, yeah, I voted on this one. It says, when I see Christians act like hypocrites... Um, and I, I don't know, like, I find that outrageously interesting that teenagers are watching you. They are watching to see how you carry yourself outside of the church building. Are you practicing what you preach when you're sitting on that pew, when you're listening to that sermon in your business, in your life, to your neighbors, to the waitresses, to the waiters, to the people serving you in this world? Um, and I, and I just, that's crazy. That's crazy for me to look at that and go, wow. So a lot of kids struggle with, you know, the first one, which I, I would kind of figure. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have that conversation with people a lot. And that's a good question to work through and talk about. Uh, but that last one uh, for me is is huge. You know, it's it's big for me as a, as a minister as well. And, and I want to, this is not just about an older generation either. Right. Because yeah. I'm looking at kids. They're looking at their own friends as well. They're looking at their peers as well, for sure. And, and when their own friends that they go to church with, they see them the way they're acting at school, you know, it, uh -huh. it makes them question. Like, you know, none of us are off the hook from being watched by the people around us. No, not at all. Um, you, know, you know, but as a minister, I get that same way. Like, I've gone through and, you know, I've just gone through this. I've preached this sermon. I've taught this class, whatever it is. And then we get in this place and you see those people that you just went to church with acting, saying, putting something on social media, whatever. And it's just like, am I doing any good? <laughs> like, right. You know, yeah. that that's one of those things that really just, I don't want to say it makes me question my faith, but it certainly makes me question my effectiveness as... I just preached a sermon on that, and that guy just said good sermon, and then he posts <laughs> that? Like, what? What um, happened? It does make me question my effectiveness sometimes, and right. um, man, it can be discouraging. Um, yeah, you and, feel like one of them Old Testament prophets. <laughs> you know, it, it, here's the thing. I don't know which is more discouraging, the fact that it occurred right. or the fact that I try to find a way to justify it. Mm. Um, and just saying, well, I just don't understand that, you know, what's here or you know here just from a different generation or right you know um they're just because i'm yeah. i'm doing that to make myself feel better about about the work that i'm doing um here's where the difficulty comes for me and this is the question i have to ask myself is this person doing or saying something wrong or doing or saying something that's just simply different from my experience, my desire, my belief, and my ideology. Right. You know, and and I think this is where it kind of come back comes back around to unity and not uniformity. 
is if we are in a place of unity, mm. then we are going to find people that are <clears throat> doing, acting, speaking differently than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to have that real spirit of discernment that says, okay, that was out of left field. Is it out of left field because it's wrong or is it out of left field just because it's different from me? Mm. Um, and I think that's where this comes back into understanding what it means to be um, united. And we're not we're not talking about we have to discern the difference between sinful behavior, ungodly behavior, unchristian yeah. behavior. Yeah. And you hold a different view than I do. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think as even in our Christian circles, we have often conflated those two. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Whatever was coming next just like flew the coop. So, so yeah, just, <laughs> maybe maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I was uh, not. Maybe it was to say it. Um, it, it. This is true. Like from the smallest of the things to the to the biggest things. Mm-hmm. Um, there are. This some- goes. This yeah. This goes. This. Uh, I, I want to hammer that real quick. Uh, this goes just as just as far into like intergenerational ministry, you know. Uh, there's no uniformity there, but there's a unitedness when you have you know, uh, you know you have you have teens serving uh, older adults. You have older adults who are serving teenagers and teaching and mentoring, and you have uh, you know uh, teenagers who are teaching your uh, children's ed class with older adults and, and things like that. Like those are beautiful things where you don't see. Um, uniformity, but you see people united for the same cause, uh, and that is just as important and as as it being outside of the church building uh, as well, and things like that. And that's my point that I'm that I would like to hammer home this this uh, uh, this week is is this idea that like Jesus calls us to unity, but he doesn't call us to uniformity. And man, we can use that as a uh, as a poor excuse. Uh, to have some bad theology and be like, oh well, I'm just we're, we're not united, or we're not you know we're not uniformity in how we see that. But what that's really talking about is how God made us different, and yet called us all to serve Him. Right, yeah. like He made us different, but He all called us to submit to Him. Um, and so we all submit to Jesus, but we're all very differently made. Yeah, and, you know, if you want to take this from, like, just a, well, it's going to be trivial to you. It's not going to be trivial to me. Right. Um, Let's take football, for example. It's trivial. It is not trivial. Um, Football has played a match. I don't know why. I I, I really don't know. It probably just happens because I was raised in West Texas, and football has been a part of my culture and upbringing from high school football, everything shut down for Friday nights. College football was important. My granddaddy was a Dallas Cowboys fan. God, um, and and was always getting me all kinds of different stuff. And so, yeah, we called him Dandy Don in honor of Dandy Don Meredith, the great Cowboys quarterback. Um, so it's just always been a part, and it plays a, such a key part of my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. But it does not play that same role in Aaron's life. Mm. In fact, not. when I when I start talking about football, you might actually see Aaron's eyes gloss over just a little bit. I um, do wince in sermons uh, when people are like, "In football," and I'm like, mm. "I don't know why." I, but I don't like. I don't 
let's let's do a disclaimer and then we'll jump back to Josh. I enjoy watching football. I enjoy if you if you watch football at your house and you're into it and you invite me over, man, I will be a fan and I enjoy watching it. It's not something that I will be like, oh Lord, the Chiefs game's on. I've got to watch it. Um, but if somebody's like, hey, you want to come watch the Chiefs games? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. That's awesome. I'm excited. All right, back to Josh. Because no, because you like being around people. I do. And, and you like participating in life with people. I and do. if it means you have to endure a football game with them, you're going to go watch a football game with them because that's what they like to do. Because that's what it means to live for unity. Mm. You know, I am not really a gamer. Um, but, you know, when we first started, you know, out as friends, mm. you were telling me about um, Dota. And I think we sat in the, in the student center one time and we oh, watched right. the international. I watched people streaming video games. That's right, man. Which I don't do. Esports, huge. And you know what I did? I went home and I watched some on my own. Why? <sighs> so that when I came back the next day, you and I could have a conversation. And I was like, dude. They sold out Key Arena in Seattle for this thing. That's, That's crazy. That's nuts. Um, I learned a little bit about the game. Have I ever played it? No, I have not. Mm-mm. But so that I could have some way of having a conversation with you, you know, you start learning about those things. Those are trivial matters, right? Right. I mean, they really are. These are just likes. But it shows the way that we can be very, very different people. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to sacrifice my uniqueness for the sake yeah. of unity. Um, and I don't have to ask anyone else to sacrifice that for the sake of unity either, because that's uniformity. And mm-hmm. God is not after uniformity. If he wanted uniformity, he would have made us all the same. Yeah. Well, he would have taken away our free will. And he or he would never, sorry, he would, he would never have given us free will. Right, right. So you take that from one of these hobbies kind of things that we look at and you begin to add the layers of importance of those different decisions Mm. and it does and it does begin to get complex when you get to the crucial matters of of our faith especially um but the truth is we have to ask that question how do we stand in our differences and then go shoulder to shoulder as we move forward together um and and how do we overlook those things that make us unique um, our own way of processing the way life has come, our own way of interpreting scripture sometimes. I mean, you and I have looked at the same scripture and both come away with very different understandings of what of what that means. No. Yeah. Jesus um, wept is one of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, really? I don't remember that conversation. Yeah. Um, and so we have to find these these ways of moving forward in a positive way yeah. as we seek unity. Uh, powerful stuff today powerful stuff today uh interesting stuff today a lot of stuff to chew on today you know what's the difference between unity and uniformity um and um i don't know i don't i don't feel like there's a whole lot more to kind of talk about that Uh, oh actually that's a lie i feel like there's a a ton (laughs) that we could actually like talk about that um but i think we've done a good job this morning uh, covering that and, and talking through some of that, but we want to appreciate something from y'all. We want to appreciate, we appreciate y'all being here today. I don't I th- that came out terribly. We want to, <laughs> we're going to edit that. Beep. Okay. Hey, we appreciate y'all being here today, uh, for this episode. We and I, we may not be uniformed. 
uh, in our episodes, but we are united because uh, this entire podcast is dedicated to uplifting God's church. And I, and I really want people to understand it and know that, that Josh and I will never come on here and you can you can trust us and we we pray that you keep us accountable as well that we will never we are not church bashers uh we're not going to bash your ministry team we're not going to bash elders we're not going to bash members or anything like that we want to uplift god's church because we love god's church Mm -hmm. Uh, we really do and it's flawed and we're flawed uh but jesus is perfect and we want to be like him and so every time we come on this episode we're trying to do good we're trying to make us better and help everybody including ourselves there's a mirror right here that's pointed at me so I can look more like Jesus. And so we want to remind you of Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing good. This world is messy. This life is messy. So allow yourself to be used by Jesus and do something good, not for your own name and not because you're going to get a promotion or not because somebody's going to say, hey, good job, Aaron, but do it in Jesus' name for him because of your love for him and because who he is. Um, do something good. Do something good. I'm Aaron, and that's Josh, and we'll see you next week on Behind the Beards. Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard, a man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beard. Man, the pitter-patter of the rain is putting me to sleep. I know it's really coming down. I didn't know. I don't know why it's. I didn't know it was going to rain like this today. <coughs> but it'll be good for reading. Definitely. And.